Welcome everyone to an episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. This is your old school Saturday episode. I know we are running a week late with this, but that was because we wanted to get you a little bit more Halloween content, and we hope that you appreciate it. So for today's throwback, we are going to be looking at the classic Peter Pan. Hope you enjoy. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree, killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. to another exciting episode of Be Kind Rewind. I am one of your hosts, Dan T. And with me again is my faithful companion, Ichabod Bone. What is up, party people? Welcome to the podcast. How's it going, Dan? It is a wonderful Friday. Oops, pulling back the curtain. But, so what? People know that these things do not get recorded live unless the moons are all perfectly aligned. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. it's a great night. I've worked forty five hours this. <sighs> nice. Yeah, keeping busy. And I understand that you had a live stream at Disney earlier this week. Yeah, we were at Magic Kingdom, just walking around, showing how the crowds look. Just got news from our governor that we're moving up to Phase Three here in Florida. So that's in- interesting. We'll see how that goes. 100% now, full capacity on restaurants, bars, theme parks, full capacity. Now, the question is, how does that affect the um, transportation? I don't know. I mean, I, I assume they're still going to have partitions set up, like the monorails and the boats and the boats all have partitions set up and stickers where you can have to sit so far apart. The Skyliner is only one family per per gondola, so I don't 
I don't know. They're saying that they will. It's 100 percent with with very limited restrictions for social distancing. So I, it's it's going to be interesting next couple of weeks in the land of Disney. Well, yeah, we will, and we will definitely be discussing that as we go on to give people updates in case they don't watch your YouTube. Which if you're not, why aren't you? What's wrong right. with you? <laughs> also, why are you not sending us emails about how badly the the show is falling off the rails with some of our discussions? But right, oh, terrible, <laughs> terrible, as Barkley would say, terrible. And speaking of things that are terrible, how did you like that segue? <laughs> <laughs> I I just I just I actually was excited about the discussing. It is Peter Pan. Oh yeah. And it was re- February the fifth. 19, it did a whopping $7 million in revenue. Yeah. Which is still more than Bill and Ted made nowadays, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. this speaking from a man that has actually gone to see Bill and Ted in the theater. Yeah. But that $7 million actually equates to 68.1. So we're still, I mean, it's moving in the right direction. It's still not quite to the $100 million mark, which is what you see on most Disney movies nowadays. Am I right? Yeah, sounds about right. So, But $7 million is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, that's a shortstop in Philadelphia salary for a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. All right, well, was this your first time watching this? No, no, no. Now we're getting into the Rumble movies I've probably seen before. Especially this. This is like one of the top four most iconic Disney movies of all time, I would say. And this is actually one that I can say that I had watched yeah. probably more than once. Just because it's one of those that ran on Disney Channel. And it's something that you just yeah. plop down and watch when you didn't want to watch whatever else was on. Right, yep. <laughs> the movie itself begins with a quote on the first screen showing... Walt Disney Productions is grateful to the Hospital of Sick Children, Great Ormond Street, London, to which James M. Barry gave his rights for Peter Pan. And then after that, it actually goes into the movie itself, which begins in London, Bloomsbury to be precise, at the residence of the Darling. Peter Pan decides to come to the Darling residence because they believed in him. Mrs. Darling believed Peter Pan was a spirit of youth, where the children actually believed that he was a real person, and Wendy becoming the utmost authority on Peter Pan. We go inside where John and Michael are playing Peter Pan and Hook, when Mr. Darling comes in looking for his cufflinks and finds that Michael has put a map, a treasure map to be specific, on his shirt front, which causes Wendy to be banished from the nursery after that night because of her putting all these nonsense thoughts in John and Michael's head. Now, Mr. Darling almost steps on Nana, Katie Nana that is, and she causes him to step on a toy wagon and he goes butt over tea kettle and ends up pulling everything off of a dresser. And after he's shaking the cobwebs out of his head, he turns around and finds out that the children are more concerned with Katie Nana than with him. And as a result, he banishes Nana to the backyard. And children lay down to go to bed and go to sleep. And Wendy asks her mother not to lock the window because Peter Pan might be coming back that night to retrieve his shadow. And of course, the mother 
consents because she believes in Peter Pan. No sooner has the parents left and headed down the street than Peter Pan comes swooping off the roof and looks in and sees them all quote-unquote asleep. He comes in through the window with Tinkerbell and he begins to scavenge around the house or around the room looking for a shadow. Tink actually finds the shadow in a drawer and she gets thrown in as the shadow comes out and Peter and his shadow begin to tussle around the womb or around the room, I'm sorry, which in turn wakes up Wendy and the children. Wendy begins to attach Peter's shadow to his feet with with a needle and thread and tells them tells him that this is going to be her last night in the nursery. Peter declares that this can't be and decides to take her to Neverland. Wendy asks Peter how to get to Neverland and he says you have to fly. And with this, she's like, okay. And both her and John and Michael start trying to fly and of course they fall. And they're told to think of a wonderful thought and they can't fly because they don't have pixies. And so Peter grabs Tank and sprinkles what's called a little bit of dust, which is enough to coat them all several times over and the four set off for the second star on the right and straight on until morning. Meanwhile, on Neverland, the pirates are upset about not ever being able to go after the treasure, and Hook's looking at a map, looking for Peter's lair, and decides to kidnap Tiger Lily to find out where um, Peter's lair is. And a pirate is singing about how short a pirate's life is, and because of this, he gets shot by Hook. Hook gives his backstory about how he lost his old hand, which is the crocodile, which shows up as if on cue to cause Hook to go into an almost comatose state. His first officer, Mr. Smee, shoes off the croc and sets off to shave a captain, because that's it was that time of day. And instead, a bird lands on the warm tail and gets his butt shaved instead. Smee thinks he's cut off Hook's head when the bird flies off and sets off to find it just as Peter Pan shows up and gets shot at by the pirates. Tink takes off, leaves Wendy, and she flies straight into the lair. I'm sorry, Tinkerbell flies straight into the lair and tells the lost boy to come out and attack Wendy. Peter swoops in at the last moment and saves her and because of this Tink gets banished for a week and Peter Pan sends John and the boys to catch some Indians as Wendy gets shown the mermaid. John comes across a lone pair of tracks and begins to determine who it belongs to and then begins to talk strategy. And as he's doing this, Michael looks down, sees an Indian feather, and gets grabbed by a tree. Yes, a tree. Which, of course, turns out to be the group of Indians that they're looking for. And the rest of the kids get grabbed as well and they're brought back to the Indian camp and of course the kids are like alright well you've caught us so let us go and the Indian the chief Indian says no if we don't get Tiger Lily back by dark you're gonna be burned at the stake and after this we cut to Peter who is actually with the mermaids and Wendy and they try to drown Wendy which causes Peter to laugh uncontrollably. P Wendy's about to tell Peter something when Hook shows up with Tiger Lily, which causes her and Peter to follow Hook to Skull Rock. And Peter's imitating Hook 
telling Smee to let Tiger Lily go and Hook about catches Peter, only to have him escape at the last minute. Smee shoots at Hook and thinks that he's shot thinks that he shot him, only to have Hook sneak up behind Pan. Hook and Pan fight as they normally do, and Peter gets the upper hand, and this causes Hook to get caught by the crocodile several times, but manages to escape at the last moment, and Peter rescues Tiger Lily and everyone flies off. And it's somehow at this that Smee has found out that Tink has been banished, and he tells Hook about this, and Hook decides to use this to his advantage. And Hook orders Smee to go pick up Tink and bring her back to the ship. Meanwhile, at the Indian camp, Peter is made a chief because of his returning tiger. And all the boys start to dance around the campfire, while Wendy is ordered to get wood. And the boys have learned all the secrets of the Indian. And Wendy gets mad and heads back to Peter's hideout. And while they're doing that, Smee kidnaps Tink, and Hook ends up tricking her into giving her giving away the location the location of the lair, thinking that he's going to be leaving in the morning. After she tells Hook where the lair is, she gets thrown in a lantern for her trouble. And Peter tells Wendy that her and the boys are going home in the morning, and she sings to all the boys, telling them about her mother. And John declares that they need to be off immediately. And as they're doing this, they're climbing out and they all get kidnapped by Hook and his crew. And then Hook lowers a bomb down into the lair. And we go to the next morning where the boys are told that they can either join Hook's crew or walk the plank. And the boys all run to sign up as Hook tells them that Peter won't be saving them. And right about this time, the bomb explodes. And somehow Tink escapes right before this, pulls the bomb away from Peter Pan, saving him in the process. And Tink tells Peter to go save the Lost Boys, but he declares that Tink means more to him than anything in the world. We cut back to Wendy and the Lost Boys all on board Captain Hook's ship, and Wendy vows that she will never join Hook, and she walks the plank, but they don't hear a splash. Peter Pan appears after having caught Wendy, and a fight breaks out, of course, between Hook and Pan. So the the boys are trapped up in top of the crow's nest, and Peter Pan appears to have been bested, but then suddenly he pulls the pirate's flag down and catches Hook in it. Pan says that he'll let him go if he announces to the world that he's a codfish. Uh, Hook, of course, complies and then promptly double-crosses Pan, and Pan jumps at the last moment, and Hook falls right into the crocodile's mouth before getting away and swimming off in the sunset. Peter Pan announces that everyone's leaving for London and sprinkles tink Tinkerbell's pixie dust all over the ship and the ship flies away. As the clock rings 11, the darlings come home and they find Wendy asleep at the window. Wendy announces that she's ready to grow up and she promptly tells everyone the story of what has happened as... The father sees a ship flying across the sky, and that is your movie. So, what did you think about the movie? I'm going to go ahead and put you on the spot to start with, because we've been discussing this since we started talking about this one for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, classic, classic Disney movie. I think it's got major, we've got a lot to talk about, major influence in current culture. Um, it's got a lot. 
It's got a lot for us to talk about. Good movie. One of the top. When I think of Disney, this is one of the top movies that I think most people think of. Everyone has heard about it. Everyone knows of it and it knows references to it. Also, highly controversial. So it's got a little bit of everything. Wait. You mean controversial? What what's so what's so controversial about a teenager kidnapping kids <laughs> and taking them off to oh wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah, so we've got that and yeah, so we got a teenager kidnapping kids, taking them off in the middle of the night. We've got the Washington football team actually getting referenced in this one. <laughs> And for those of you who do not know, that is the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, we got dogs getting thrown outside, kids getting taken out, uh, Captain Hook dropping a bomb down in Peter's castle. I mean, where do we want to start with? <laughs> exactly. It, it's a whole lot to untie here, huh? Yeah. So I guess we should just go ahead and start with the first troubling thing about them which is you've got let's say wendy's probably what 12 13 somewhere around there i think so yeah and so she's got and she's got her window open because peter's been sneaking in at night which we did not even mention Mm -hmm. right and she and katie nana caught the shadow the night before am i right yeah or it was the last time that peter was there Katie Nana caught the shadow. And so Peter's going to be coming back looking for that. Looking for his shadow. Right. And so, of course, because it's a Disney movie, he returns true to form and suddenly says, well, why don't you and I just go off to live in Neverland? (laughs) Makes sense. Seems legit, right? Yeah. I mean, Michael Jackson wasn't there yet. Oh, wait. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's one of the deeper issues we'll get to. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, and then we, and then, of course, she's not going to go by herself. She wants to take her two brothers, who are instantly up for the three of them, jump, jump, and jump, and jump. And then Tinkerbell has to get her pile of pixie dust dropped on. And then we end up in Neverland. Yeah. I mean... Flying all around London, and then they're gone. Yeah, and they set Big Ben forward 15. Get that. Oh, I think I didn't really fully realize that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because when they when they dropped down on it, I think it was like five after, and it and it actually chimed at the quarter. Oh, okay. So because of that, London is now ten minutes fast for the rest of history. For all of eternity. Yes. And then the next thing that we see is Captain Hook talking about how the Redskins know where everything is on the island. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. I don't I don't even know where to go with that. Because first of all, the National Football League has decided that the term Redskins um derogatory comment, I guess is the right way to say it. Offensive, yeah. Yes, offensive derogatory. So obviously Captain Hook was not up on his um cultural appropriations and a cultural relativist relativistic things and everything like that. And and so we've got Hook slamming his hook down on the Indians so that he can go and, go and kidnap the one young squaw. And, I mean, it's the the movie itself is bordering on madness because everything makes sense. But at the same time, it's like a half step off 
from being right. And the and then you have to deal with spiteful behavior. Yeah, spiteful behavior. And I mean, I don't. I mean, where where would where would we want to? Where would we even want to pick this apart? Honestly, I mean, there's so much in it that's right because it's a beloved Maybe. children's story, but at the same time, there's so many things that are wrong with. It. Yeah, yeah. Is that a word, prudency? Prudence. We have to make sure we choose our words right and don't. I'll allow the word prudence just because we've got so many other words that may not be right. <laughs> so what what were what were you saying about prudency? <laughs> it just seems like there's some some um, cultural lessons or some that can I don't know if it's lessons but some shifts in culture that have happened in our society that have commercials that said I don't want to grow up right remember those. Yeah, I think that was uh, that was Toys R Us, which has since gone out of business. I don't want to grow up. Yeah, and then resurrected, taken over by another country. I think I don't know, but I think this is kind of where the where the culture shifted from the greatest generation, you know, work hard, be responsible, leave a legacy to later generations who are more. I don't want to grow up. I want to be. I want to stay a kid. I want a life. It's all about having fun. It's not about responsibility. It's not about you know, leaving a legacy like the like the greatest generation did. You know, pre World War II, how they're becoming more and more egocentric. Yeah. As 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 a whole, over everybody, but it seems like you know as you get down to the, gen, the millennials and all that, they're they're characterized as being more lazy, more selfish, you know, and I think that this was kind of where it started, where I don't want to, I just want to be a kid forever. I think that had a great impact on kind of the mindset that we have developed as a society over time. Did I go too deep with that? No, I mean, was I that, prudent enough? That that was definitely prudent enough. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll allow it tonight because we're trying to get into what <laughs> makes this one of the best movies of all time for don't want to be offensive or ruffle any feathers or or get political and and at all, but it was just kind of one of the most obvious things I I caught right. Even with like you referenced before, Michael Jackson, he didn't want to grow up. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a kid and mingle with kids and lie in bed with kids. And what did he call his mansion? The, the Neverland, Neverland Ranch. Ranch. And we do have to say that was allegedly. There, is, there has not been any proven instance that it did actually happen. Am I right? It, everything is alleged until it is proven in a court of law. Go with that. All right. Well, I guess the next thing that we need to unpack is the Redskins. Because, I mean, that that's about as offensive as it gets nowadays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The stereotype and the characterization grossly over-characterized. It was for How? comedic effect, obviously. How? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and speaking as someone who for the longest time in his life actually thought he was an Indian, that was a way that I thought that Indians actually talked. So, <laughs> I mean, thank you, Walt Disney, for, for showing me the, the improper ways, but it wasn't only Walt Disney that was doing that. It was also, I mean, you had Bugs Bunny that was doing it. You had... um. I mean, just about everybody that there was was actually kind of making fun of the 
of the stereotype. Am I right? Stereotypes. Yeah. But yeah. And so, all right, so we've kind of unpacked Neverland. We've kind of unpacked the Indians. Oh, excuse me, Native Americans. Um, <laughs> I honestly didn't remember the amount of violence that was in this movie. Because, yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. you had you had Captain Hook dropping Tiger Lily off in the middle of a pond, and, I mean, she was just going to get left there to drown. And then you go from that to every time that Peter and Hook got to fighting, Hook would always end up in the crocodile's mouth and about to get eaten by him. And then when Tinkerbell got double-crossed, you had Peter Pan's um, treehouse pretty much get blowed up real good. And so all the kids yeah. were thinking that there was no Peter anymore until he swoops in and saves the day and everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah. Or until Robin Williams comes back as old man, old man <laughs> Pan and Hook. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is definitely... have to their own mortality. Yeah. This was definitely one Knowing of the... Knowing that they're about to have to walk... This was definitely one of the more violent um, movies that we've seen. And, I mean, with the exception of the dinosaur actually killing the other dinosaur in Fantasia, and I hate to have to keep going back to that one. I mean, I knew that Tinkerbell was going to be okay, but the fact that her light snuffed out for like a split second... It was, I mean, I don't, I don't really, and I mean, I guess it's the fact that you look at things differently as you get older and you see things a little bit yeah. differently than what you did when you were a kid or I mean, even when you were in your twenties, but I mean, this was, I mean, it wasn't brutal in, in the way that like a Rocky movie was or anything like that, but it was brutal because like I said, when you were a kid, you, you just, you watched it and you didn't think about what was actually happening, I guess was the, is the best way. So do we have anything else that needs to get unpacked on this one? Not at the moment. Okay. Well, let's move on to the important question. First and foremost, what does today how does today impact this movie i mean the fact that when you were watching it and you actually said the football team knows more about this island than i do <laughs> i mean that in itself speaks volumes because when you can't say redskin without it having a certain connotation in today's today's media and today's society. Yeah. And I mean, one di one difference between this and say Treasure Island is you didn't have any of the you didn't have any pirates actually getting drunk on screen. True. You really didn't see that many pirates other than Smee and Hook. And the one that got shot at the very beginning of the movie. I forgot about that part. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he had it coming to him because he said that a, pi that a pirate's life is short. <laughs> and we're just going to leave that one right there. Um, 
apparent yeah. obviously the this is a cinematic classic. This this is a Disney classic. Yeah. This is one that I mean, you ask somebody to name the top five Disney movies right off the top of their head, chances are this one's gonna be in there. Yeah, oh yeah. Snow White, Pinocchio, Peter Pan, yeah. and then something more modern probably. Beauty and the Beast, maybe. Princess and the Toad. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um so I mean, obviously it's a bellwether to say the least in modern society. Um we wouldn't think that we wouldn't think of obviously with the Michael Jackson tie-in that had a huge impact on his life and allegedly had an impact on other children's lives as a result. <laughs> um I'm trying to can you think they even named a medical condition after it, right? Peter Pan syndrome. Really? I don't know if that's an actual medical condition, but that's what they call people who have the condition where they they want to be children. I was not aware of that. No responsibility and syndrome. Don't want to grow up. Let me look that up. See if that actually is a legit. Which I have no reason to doubt that it's not. But I've just I have never heard of. There is actually a book, the Peter Pan syndrome. Men who have never grown up. Uh, yep. Actually, it is. It's on. It's on the Wikipedia, so it must. It, so it must be true. Peter nope. Pan syndrome descri- describes one in, one's inability to believe they are of an older age and or to engage in behavior usually associated with adulthood. The term comes from Peter Pan. Who never ages. Where it is commonly attributed to men, it can affect women as well. So yeah. there so there you have it. That's your medical know-how for the episode. Which, seeing as how this book or this movie was actually dedicated to the children at... Yeah, where was it? Yeah, this was actually... The, the movie itself was dedicated more or less... To the hospital for sick children in Great Ormond Street in London. So, I wonder if any this of them. Is, this is where things take a dark turn. This is where things take a dark turn. Because you just brought that up. I wasn't going to bring this in. There's a. Th- so, this things take a dark turn. There's a theory going around that. And it moved him over. And that's why it was dedicated to the children's hospitals because dying. I don't know how true it is, but there's a a story going around, a dark story. Well, let me let me go on and see if I can verify that. If I could spell tonight, it would be wonderful. <laughs> <sighs> it was located in the Bloomsbury area, which is actually where Peter Pan was started. This is making for a very riveting airing on the on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Well, hmm. I'm I'm not I'm not seeing anything in there about that. But to bring it back to a lighter note, the actual hospital, its acronym is GOSH because it's the Great Ormond Street Hospital, otherwise known as GOSH. Conspiracy theories, I think, are truth to it. But it, it was noted that they would read in that hospital, they would read that story to the children. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I mean, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing on it. I mean, the the fact that he that he gave the copyright to the hospital 
would be a reason to want to read it. I mean, if I was in the hospital for a long time, I'd want something to give me a little, you know? Yeah. It's one of those dark theories that the children that Peter Pan comes to comfort is because they're dying and they never grow up because they die. Neverland is heaven. I like it. I'll go with it. I'll allow it. Yeah. Yeah. Seems palatable. So I guess that actually transitions us to how is this actually mirrored in culture. <laughs> Prudence? Prudence? So how do you describe Prudence in this, young Icky? <laughs> well, I think that's kind of what I was mentioning before. This is mirrored in society, ergo the Peter Pan syndrome, because our society has developed such that we have an increasing amount of men who do not want to grow up, who want to play video games in their parents' basement until they're 45, which wasn't the case 50 years ago. Okay. It's a shift in culture, but I, I think this parallels that, that general shift. And again, that's that's a generalization. It's not all people by any means, but it's definitely trending in our society. Well, now, was... Um, all right. Well, we know Walt Disney World has a Peter Pan ride, correct? Yes. Yes. Just one? Not a forwards and a backwards like Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, or... no, the Dumbo. No, oh. they're Dumbo. They're two Dumbo rides next to each other. They go in opposite directions. Yeah. 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 Disneyland has one. Disney World has one. And I'm not sure about the overseas parks. I'm not up on, on their rides. Well, why not? You're our Disney World um, expert, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that would work if you were to ride that ride backwards. <laughs> yeah. It would definitely probably give some people um, some mild um, shocks, possibly. Yeah, it would be interesting. <laughs> I haven't been on that ride in a while because it's there's always such a long wait. I wouldn't say it's super popular, but it's just the, the ride capacity is so low that it takes so long to get on the ride. Hmm. So unless you really want to ride it, then it's going to be an hour or two wait always. So I don't write it that often, but I think if my memory serves me correctly, that there is still a scene with the football team on oh, the ride. Okay. I think so. I'm sure that will go away soon. A la Pirates of the Caribbean Redhead, a la Splash Mountain, everything else that gets changed. <sighs> well, the more things change, the more they need to stay the same. That's what I got to say. Well, everyone uses the argument. Walt Disney himself said that my park is not a museum Things are going to change, and that's true. But some things are just nostalgic, and you want them to to stay around forever. So, obviously, the football team is mirrored in society because you cannot speak the football team anymore as said football team. <laughs> they who shall not be named. Yes. Who are actually 500. The Washington Voldemorts. They who shall not be named. Well, why don't you go ahead and suggest that? Maybe they'll take it on. <laughs> And they can change into <laughs> solid black cowl. <laughs> they can fly out into the field on their brooms <laughs> and their Quidditch outfits. <laughs> stop. Stop. We're done. That's it. I don't want any more. I'll take the Washington <laughs> football team for 500, Alex. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to the third question before this descends into total and complete anarchy. How does this fit into today's society? Of course, it's iconic. One of the yeah. probably top three, four, five movies, unless yeah. you're a kid that's only seen three or four or five 
of the most recent Disney yeah. movies, in which case yeah. you're not going to know what it is that we're talking about. And then in which case, True. kids, talk to your parents. Right. Um, I mean... But even so, even more so than... And, which is most synonymous with Disney in general, the Tinkerbell. Like yeah. every Disney movie, opening credits, you see the castle and the fire goes across and Tinkerbell comes out and spreads her pixie dust. That's just synonymous with Disney. Tinkerbell more so than Peter Pan. Yeah. And when they used to do the fireworks show at the Magic Kingdom, they had a, a rope that would come from the top of the castle over to Tomorrowland and Tinkerbell would come out on a rope and she would glide across the sky as though she were flying. Mm-hmm. And I actually do remember seeing that, because I've actually yeah. been to a couple of the fireworks. Not that people know what fireworks are anymore, because you can't be out after dark. Hey, supposedly Epcot was, a couple nights ago, two nights ago, Epcot did some fireworks at night. They were testing out their their fireworks show spectacular. Ooh. I was working that night, so I didn't, I wasn't able to go over there. I think some people actually did go over and catch some video of some of the fireworks. Hmm. And with Florida now being in phase three, and being able to go back to full full open, they very well could start doing fireworks again. Probably not this, maybe by the new year, maybe. And maybe that'll give them a chance to figure out where they're wanting to go with it. If they're wanting right. to keep yeah. the old stuff or start outdating the old stuff and only including anything that's been in the last 20 years, because that yeah. is where the good movies are. <laughs> yeah, up at the front of... Is it the front? Yeah, I think it's at the front of the Magic Kingdom. I'm the, I think they have it in Disneyland, too. There's a, a barber shop where you can get your hair cut. Actually, get a haircut. The end, after they cut your hair, they, they take some glitter and they sprinkle pixie dust on your head. And so, when did you get your last pixie dust, sir? <laughs> I've never had my hair cut there before. Yeah. Nope, so, nope, nope. So, this, so this is a allegory because you cannot confirm or deny the fact that there is pixie dust sprinkled on people's heads when they come out of the barbershop. Oh, I've seen You've seen it? I've seen it. I've seen it on their heads. <sighs> there have been remakes of the movie. Obviously, you referenced the Hook movie, so it, it can be redone. And I think it is, as I say in Beauty and the Beast, a tale as old as time mm-hmm. that will always be relevant because nobody, all of us have that part of us, that childish inner self that wants to be free of responsibilities and be able to just be have fun. I mean, that's why I moved here to Florida to work for Walt Disney World. A little bit of Peter Pan syndrome myself to, to revel in the the magic that is Disney. It's it's a magical place. It really is. And so I think that there will always be that little part of all grown-ups who just want to get away for a couple of days and just be a kid again. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, uh, the value, the intrinsic value of going to Disney to escape adulthood for a couple days and i think that will always be relevant in in our society who doesn't want to take a break and be able to shirk your responsibilities for a little while very well said sir very well said. yeah and speaking of shirking your responsibility <laughs> for the listeners that are out there that think we got something wrong on this or that want to comment on how they never want to grow up they always want to be a Toys R Us kid. Yes. Shoot us an email at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Once again, that is BeKindRewindDMP, which stands for Disney Movie Podcast. 
at gmail.com. And as always, we are not going to leave without giving you homework for next week because we want to prepare you for school when school goes back into full session and you actually have to walk in and see your teachers and say, hi, how are you doing? And why are we talking like there's 10-year-olds listening to this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or maybe it's just people that have the Peter Pan syndrome. There we go. That could be. Your movie-watching assignment for the next time is The Living Desert. It's the first Disney nature documentary, which was very surprising to find out they actually did these back in the 50s. I think it's an hour and... 15 minutes and hour once, seven somewhere along in there yeah yeah, yeah it's, somewhere it's, along in there. it's your typical disney movie length so don't sit down and think that you're gonna have to etch out three hours of your time to to watch it it's a it's a quick watch it's very educational so and fun it's fun too yeah and that will be next week's um disney movie so until then Icky, do you have any words of wisdom that you want to share with the people? Just like you said, leave us a comment, email us, let us know what we forgot, because we're we're still learning, we're still growing, we're not experts, but we love the interaction. So hit us up on the email and share your thoughts about Peter Pan and not wanting to. All right. Well, until then, everyone, stay kind, be kind to everybody. Everybody stay safe, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. DMP stands for Disney Movie Podcast. Once again, thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day. And there he is, the man with the plan. Or maybe not. (laughs) I wanted to see what you would say, man. I'm like, wait a minute. That was pretty slick. And playing the part of Dan tonight will be my chair.